Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. Today we are talking about the hottest property of late, the home edit. If you have not heard of these two girls, Clea and Joanna, then you're either living a very lovely detached from social media life and I <laughs> applaud you or you're living under a rock. That's the other thing, which is not a bad place to be either. Well, it's funny because I hadn't heard of these two before they were on Netflix though. So I clearly I was under the social media rock because I had, I've never followed them on social media. I haven't heard of them, you know, no idea who they were until I saw them pop up on Netflix. So yeah, I think I was, I've been half under a rock at least. Which is not a bad place to be really. Um, I've heard of them only because I was following them online. And I think another professional organizer friend of mine in the U S had told me about them and said, you've got to follow this page. So Okay. So the two girls, the home, for those of you that don't know or that want to recap, the Home Edit is a professional organizing type of brand or business in the US. There's two girls, Clea Shearer and Joanna Teplin. They're both originally from California, but now they live with their families, both have husbands and two kids that are like about, oh, I'm going to say eight and 10 years old, roughly. They're all living in Nashville. And their business is kind of this merge between home organizing, professional organizing as we know it, with a kind of a twist of interior design and styling as well. So initially they were based just in Nashville. They met through a mutual friend and now they've expanded their business and have teams based all over the US and they offer in-home services to declutter, and reorganize and style your space. So they've been around for a while, but this year they've kind of exploded. In 2018, they had a TV series called Master the Mess. And if you've watched their Netflix show and you want more of them, I think they have all the episodes on their website. Then in 2019, they launched their first book, which was called The Home Edit, A Guide to Organizing and Realizing Your House Goals. And I haven't read it, but I believe it was more focused around pantries and cupboards and organizing and labeling and that kind of thing. Then this year, 2020, their Netflix series came out, which is called Get Organized with the Home Edit. And it features a bunch of celebrities and shows like Reese Witherspoon's in the first one. I think Khloe Kardashian's in one of them, Eva Longoria and a few others some of whom I didn't know those celebrities, but (laughs) celebrities nonetheless. And September this year, they have just, so just a week ago, I think they've launched their second book called The Home Edit Life. And then beyond all of that, they've got their own merchandise. They've got a huge partnership with the Container Store in the US. They write a blog. They've got an insane Instagram following and I'm sure they're on other media platforms as well but Instagram is where I found them and their branding generally is the rainbow and you see this pop up and I think that's why their Instagram page is so coveted because 
there's some really beautiful imagery in there because they mm, seem to pretty. style ba- th- style things based on a rainbow and bright colors and it's very pleasing to the eye. So that's that's the home edit in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that the way that you described it then just told me why I didn't haven't heard of them before because I don't follow that kind of stuff. I don't follow many professional organizers or stylists that have a focus on the aesthetic so that's probably why I'm just not interested they all look the same to me once I follow one or two of them I'm not interested in any others because it's just all I don't know it's just all the same everything's all the same so I don't bother following anyone yeah so I think a lot of people and you're going to tell us more about the response to the Netflix show and the explosion of these girls and their brand from a professional organizer's point of view. But my initial experience of the show alone, and for a lot of people, that's maybe where they've first been exposed to the girls is that I thought, Oh, and they call themselves professional organizers. That might be pushing it a bit far. Once I understood that their background was more, was also in interior design and styling it made the puzzle pieces come together a bit more for me because it they are big on the aesthetic far more than probably the traditional professional organizers are but then when I understood that that is part of their plan and part of their history then it made sense why they've combined the two things and why they get the results they do Hmm. okay so my thoughts on the show, and I haven't watched as many episodes as you because I'm not as tenacious <laughs> but, um, uh, and committed, but I, uh, I th- my initial thoughts were I was annoyed. So that was like I went through an annoyance phase because there was lots of squealing and lots of, oh, my gods, and I know right, and oh, my God, so cute. There was lots of that kind of talk, which annoyed me initially, and then I sort of got used to it, so it bothered me less. And then I looked at it and I thought, okay, so they've got like a process that they stick to and a formula, which is easily recognizable and easy to understand, which is, which was good. And the end result is very aesthetically pleasing. So I sort of saw the the value in that. Positive things that I like were the, how it highlights what, we can do for people as as an industry and how we can make people really happy and so I I like that that's good and it sort of also gives people some general ideas of ways that they could have their place and space maybe a little more organized and looking more attractive I also love the fact that they are women in business who are killing it (laughs) and that it's a very female oriented show female producers um all that kind of stuff I, I i really like all of that so that's awesome i love that they're that they're killing it basically in business so that's a, that's always a good thing we have to support other women in business i kind of the benefits kind of of it sort of dropped away there and this is the thing about these shows is and we did this is the same was the same with marie kondo the thing is it's going to suit some people and not suit others and so it's very difficult to say a show is good or bad because it's completely dependent on who's watching it. So I think that there'll be some people who will get a lot from this and will really rework their spaces and be really happy in those spaces or happier than they were before. And then there are others who will simply watch it because they want to see a glimpse into celebrity lifestyle 
Um, that's totally not me. I could not be less interested in what celebrities' houses look like. Uh, so that isn't something that I got out of it. But other people will get – I think you said already that you yep. found that interesting. Yeah. So other people get a lot out of that. I, you know, I'm not – yeah. When I saw Chloe Kardashian was on, I was like, oh, now do I have to watch that? <laughs> so I was like, I'm a bit of the opposite. Do I have to watch them? And so that's sort of, you know, definitely not something I would get, but other people would get a lot out of that. I certainly like the aesthetic of um, a well-organized space. And so that sort of, um, you know, I, I enjoyed watching that. But at the same time, I was dismayed by the consumerism, the the lack of uh, awareness of consumerism and the lack of discussion about environment and consumerism and all that kind of stuff. So that was lacking for me. I would have liked to see some of that, but I know others aren't interested in that. So, uh, you know, it's just that was something that I would have liked to see. So when I put it on, I really, really wanted to dislike it. I had this feeling <laughs> like I really... I want this show to be rubbish and I want to not enjoy it so that I can pick it apart. But to be completely honest, in the end, I did quite enjoy watching it. As light entertainment, when Mm. I wasn't busy critiquing it, it it was good. It fit this really generic formula, Mm. like watching a very predictable sitcom There was this hopeful, energetic start. Then there was always the chaos and the crisis in the middle. There was the, (laughs) oh, no, will we get it done in time? Or there's no way to make this fit. And, like, whether the struggle was real or it was a faux struggle for the sake of the cameras, um, that always happened very predictably in the middle of it. So it kind of drew you in. And then at the end, everyone is happy and smiling. It all works out for the best. And they're all hugging and then you repeat that over and over. But the formula seemed to work. And for me, I felt like the more episodes I watched, the more I enjoyed it. Like once you get to know the girls better and they're quite different, I think I enjoyed their banter and the way that they interacted. And I feel like you get a, a bit of a sense of them and what makes them tick, which is quite interesting. And yes, I quite enjoyed the peek into celebrities' houses. I liked seeing what they had in their fridges and how huge their fridges were (laughs) and how much packaged goods they had in their pantry. Like, I'm just generally nosy like that. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, So yes, as much as I wanted to not like it and I wanted to be able to pick it apart, and there are definitely things that were lacking, and I think we'll go through them in a bit more detail in a Mm. minute. Um, Overall, for light entertainment, I thought it was really palatable. Hmm. So now you are in touch with a whole host of professional organisers who do this exact job pretty much for a living. So can you give us some insight into what the community of professional organisers as a whole think of it? Yeah, I think the... Overall, I mean, obviously there's differing opinions because all organisers are different and you and I have different opinions and I sort of don't class myself in the same category as what they do and I don't think you do either, mm-hmm. although you would have done similar things. It's sort of that's probably not that's not your niche and nor is it mine. I don't organise that at an aesthetic level very often and sometimes I have a bit of fun 
when I do, but it's not my definitely not my niche. And the other organisers are the same. So there are many organisers like me who work more with complex cases and cases where it's impossible to do the kinds of things that, that, that they do, where it's 99% psychological, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then there's um, organisers that are somewhere in the middle and then there's organisers who do a lot more of the organising slash styling stuff. So there's, there's varying opinions and obviously the people that do what they do had more of an overwhelming positive response to it so they're like yes it's done it's awesome things for our industry i've already got more calls with people saying can you come and do a home edit style thing on my house and so they love it from a marketing perspective and from a representation to the public perspective so that's and which is understandable because i think you know they they are very popular uh, and if what they do is becomes um in demand then you know that's that's a good thing so then there's others who have a few other um, opinions about it so overall I sensed that the industry says as a general rule it says I this is a good thing because it promotes the good things that we can do for people and how we can improve people's lives and then there is always a but though and almost all organizers will also say but it doesn't actually show what we do from a realistic perspective. It might show the result of what we do, but it doesn't show what we do very realistically. So that's the overall um, yeah. And you know, look, sense, I, I think. think. I think we should go through a few things that we think are really beneficial, but then shine a bit of a mm. light on some of the stuff that is lacking. So that if you're watching you get your expectations in the right place because that's really where I feel like the disconnect might be between this show and reality is setting people up Mm. for some pretty (laughs) horrendously Mm. misaligned (laughs) expectations. So, But before we get all negative, let's talk about what we love about it. You already mentioned the boost of the profile of the professional organizing industry. And that's awesome. Mm. And I think Marie Kondo did the same thing. It just shines a light on that, which is brilliant. And none of us that are in the injury, injury, none of us that are in the (laughs) industry or on the fringes of that would begrudge that at all. Mm. I think the inspiration that it provides to people as well is awesome. If people watch this show and are inspired even to just clean out their handbag. Awesome. Anything that gets people to start thinking about how the stuff they have is impacting them and taking them further from their goals or inconveniencing them, anything that sparks that inspiration has got to be a good thing. Yeah. What else did you like about it? Or like about Um, the the prominence of the the show and the, the girls overall? The... Overall, I liked that they, (laughs) I liked the formula that they used. uh, So that consistency in their approach was a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was something that I think people can learn from. So I liked that. I'm sort of, when I look at these kinds of shows, because I'm not a, I'm not a fan of reality TV um, usually at all and reality in inverted commas. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a real fan of that and I liked I like shows that teach us things. So when I look to a show like this, I want it to teach me something and so my expectation is that it will and so when it does, then I'm quite happy. So 
I looked at this show thinking people are going to be looking to learn something from this. And so if it doesn't teach anything, I'll be disappointed. And it does teach some things. So I wasn't disappointed in that. So it, it teaches them a basic formula for attacking a space. And uh, I, I quite like that. It will I'll talk a bit little, little bit later about how it doesn't it falls short a little bit, but it does teach you something. So I liked that. And there's odd little tips here and there, like you know, don't put your clothes in plastic because it can you know promote damp and things like that. So there were little tips and tricks throughout that that did teach people things. So I really liked the learning that was that was um, the learning that was smattered a little bit around the bulk of the entertaining side of it. Yeah, so they did talk a lot about zoning and I feel like that got stronger the further you went mm. through. The heart, the first episode with Reese Witherspoon, while it was entertaining, is hard to relate because none of us have memorabilia. Yeah. Well, not none of us. The majority of us don't have memorabilia from previous movies or whatever that we've been into that we want to display in some kind of museum-esque fashion so mm-hmm. it was entertaining to watch but you don't have takeaways but the, the further they went through it whether it was with celebrities or the average people that sounds terrible calling them average the, the people that we can relate to they talked about zones. people like us yeah yeah um and that was really practical, easy to implement, have a zone for this, a zone for that. I love that. That was really strong mm. throughout. Some of their tips, like you said, were great. They always talked about goals. What are our goals for the space? And I loved that because I thought that's where people quite often will fall short is they dive in to start mm. decluttering or reorganizing and they haven't thought through how do we want the space to function I really liked personally that they decant stuff from boxes and bags into containers, mainly when they were talking about the fridge and the pantry, and that's probably Mm. just because it was validating for the way I do things. (laughs) But that's not always necessarily right for every product. Mm. The little things, and I think you might not notice them all if you are not paying attention, but the way that when they were doing a fashion designer one, for the bags or purses she wasn't using they stuffed them and put them up so that they hold their shape that kind of stuff which is really incidental but is some great detail for people to take away and implement in the mm. house they went on a lot towards the end of the last couple of episodes about the storage height because there are a few people that were shorter that had things up high that they couldn't reach there was one celebrity mm. that was climbing up her pantry shelves to try and get <laughs> stuff on the top Um, So I like that they brought that in as well. And then there was a general discussion about limits and natural limits. So there was some really useful stuff in there. I think part of me was looking for it. Um, But I think if you were paying attention, you would would definitely take some of that out. Mm. Yeah. And that's what what I noticed as well is these little little snippets throughout that were just dropped in there almost like an afterthought but I think they were actually the most valuable things so if you were looking to learn something perhaps watching an episode more than once might actually you know you might gain a little bit more out of it than than what you would if you just sort of had it on in the background yeah and I guess it depends their intent for the show because there is a lot of reality that lacks in this reality show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, 
And so that's probably the perfect time to start talking about all the stuff that is lacking. And my first big mm. dot point is reality, like timeframes. Mm. And I mean, we mm. talked about this with Marie Kondo as well. It's this, they have to condense this huge task into this very easy to digest snippet of TV that people can watch in the evening or whatever. So mm. there's always going to be that um, condensing of time. But I even to say, you know, the next day or like we'll come back in the morning and keep going with this or give an indication that this didn't happen in even a morning or an afternoon because sometimes you can't tell and I was trying to pay attention to their outfits and outfit changes and how many different <laughs> outfits they were in. So is this a one-day project or a three-day project or whatever? And I felt that t- that whole time frame thing was kind of lacking Miss, because it just didn't, yeah. didn't give context. Yeah. And also this is the the thing with the timing is that they've they miss out like in a project they don't you don't just walk into the space for the first time with a whole big pile of storage <laughs> products. Like yes. you go in first, you measure the hell out of it, you do, you know, you work all of the the goal setting and all of that. That's all done before the product even. So there's actually a whole lot of work involved before they even start the filming. Mhm for a start there's obviously all the shopping there's the is measuring and you know I quite liked how they I think it was the first episode where they did a had a bit of a measuring mistake and something wasn't going to fit the way they thought it was but they plowed on anyway and you know that was that was actually a little bit of maybe pretend reality thrown in there like you said for a bit of dramatic effect but it did show that things don't always go smoothly and that you you know you make mistakes and then you have to adjust to suit and then there's the the edit, which they gloss over uh, significantly, and again, I might talk a bit, little bit more about this a little bit later on. But they don't, they don't, sh- doesn't show how long it takes to make decisions. And what they did is they actually instead either skipped the decisions altogether in the process, or they didn't show them in the actual show. Uh, in the final cut of the show they didn't show all of that decision making and decision making actually takes up the bulk of the time in a project I think it does anyway depending on the client I mean some clients are you know yes no yes no yes no others will take five minutes on each item so and that that wasn't really realistic either yeah so if you haven't watched the show that they have these little titles pop up throughout like edit or you know which is that they're at that step of the process and then the next stage will be categorized where they're sorting all mm. the stuff that's being kept into categories and the edit would pop up but it was so brief and then the other thing that really got mm. to me was that so often the person was not there or the person would leave yeah. so it would be like please come sort out my whatever my wardrobe and with the fashion designer they did she stayed there and made decisions about which shoes would stay or go which was great but there were other except they didn't actually go oh yeah that's yeah that's that's true (laughs) um and so but anyway but the so they showed a bit of that but there were other things where it seemed like the edit phase there was no one around the owner wasn't around and I'm like that that would never happen in reality Mm. you would you can't get rid of other people's stuff without their permission. And I mean, if they're doing a different space while you're in that space, you might suggest a few things, but there was none of the back and forth and what's a different way to think about how you might let this go. Mm. Um, you know, I think, and that's where I think Marie Kondo, and this is not 
was not intended to be a comparison, but where she was challenging the way people thought about stuff. And Mm. I feel like people can take that and then apply it. Where here it was like, edit, get rid of the stuff that you don't want. Next phase, categorize what Mm. you're keeping. And it was really brief and... Yeah. They said at one point, need, use or love. That's your criteria, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't need, use, love it. And, and I think it was Rachel Zoe, the stylist, who said, well, I don't use it, but I'm still going to keep it. And they they sort of said then, okay. And so they didn't talk to her. I mean, and, and for her it wasn't an issue because she has the money to pay for storage. But in a re- and if we're talking about you know with reality lacking here is that in a real situation, the reason why they need help is because they have filled their space and they only have they have a finite amount of space. Celebrities have an infinite amount of space because they have money to pay for space. But regular normal people, we have to fit within our space and we can't afford to pay thousands of dollars a month for storage. And so if you were just to say, you know, if a client were to say, well, I don't use it, but I need to keep it, you can't as a professional organizer say, okay, then we'll just keep it. You have to say something like, okay, however, (laughs) this means you're not going to achieve your goals. Uh, And so you have to then work through it with them. And so the reality there um, was lacking because, like you said, you either skipped over that whole process, it wasn't filmed or it wasn't mentioned, uh, or they didn't actually edit at all, which they had the luxury of because, you know, they could afford to, to not do that. So there was a big gap there in, in what's what's real for normal people. And it's like you said before with the shoes, when she edited them out, they weren't going. They were – she was – they were talking about archiving them. Archiving, and yeah. Like, so oh, basically putting them in storage. I love that yeah. term. But – then it was like, okay, these will be archived. And then that's that was the end of it. And it was like, well, how are you archiving them? Are you storing them in a special way? Are you putting tissue paper between them in individual boxes or are they all just being thrown in a garbage bag at the back of her garage? Where is she storing them? If she's not storing them here, are they on display somewhere else? And what's involved with archiving 300 pairs of shoes? Like, mm. And I know, that, again, that's me if the show was exactly the way I wanted it, it would be 15 hours long each episode. <laughs> but that's the thing where it's, I feel like it's a bit cheeky to suggest the idea of archiving stuff because people watch this and then it inspires them to declutter. You almost give them permission to keep stuff in an yeah. archive by suggesting that that's another way to declutter a space you don't have to get rid of it forever. You can archive it. Okay, cool. Mm. What? How? how where <laughs> why what conditions and how much is that going to cost yeah, so you know and how yeah mm. and speaking of cost the cost of manpower mm. because <laughs> some of those edits were pretty labor intensive and when i say edits i mean the entire transformation not just the editing mm. phase but um from beginning to end and you see some of the you see some of the time lapsed shots and there's like half a dozen people or a dozen people wandering in and out, building shelves, painting, putting wallpaper up, assembling bits and pieces of storage. and Labeling. Yeah, labeling, all of that kind of stuff. And you think, okay, the cost of the manpower involved in this project is huge. So I checked their website and to see how they sell their services. So currently they say it's $195 American per hour for 
two people, so two editors or service providers, I'm not sure what they call them, will come into your home. So you get two people for that. And my concern would be that you're expecting some phenomenal transformation in an afternoon. But the only way you're going to do that is if you pay for 12 people to come into your house and work at the same time rather than two. Yeah, totally. That's that's one of the things that is completely glossed over <laughs> is how much these services actually cost to get them as quick as they are done and as beautifully as they are done. Yeah, and even the the products and look, we might as well just roll straight into the excess consumption discussion, <laughs> but the volume of products used and the cost because now mm. they're showing stuff on social media about the container store which is where they've got their own products or they're affiliated with them that the container store is selling out of everything um, all this clear storage that they use but Mm. I haven't looked at the costs of things at the container store because we don't have that here in Australia but I imagine when you see that they will quite happily bring in a hundred different sized clear bins to redo a pantry when you go to the container store to try and replicate that that the the Mm. cost alone of your storage would be pretty insane yeah and yeah and that's not mentioned at all you know they're they talk about product and they sort of you know talk about product as though it's completely necessary like it's 100 percent not negotiable to have product and I don't know if they did that in all the episodes because, like I said, I haven't watched as many yep. as you have. But in the ones that I saw, it was sort of never an option to not use it. And even when they had implemented product before in um, Rachel Zoe's wardrobe, they well, – Rachel Zoe, I don't know how to say her name um, – but in her wardrobe, they'd actually been in and already organised her wardrobe and then they, they went back and did it again. But they just replaced the product and went, oh, well, that's not working. We'll do, like, we'll just replace it all. And and I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's more money and more plastic and uh, interesting that it wasn't, it wasn't sort of ever an option to try and use what was already there. That just didn't seem to be in their mind at all. Yeah, and... What I couldn't get over was not just the consumption of so much new product coming into the home, but the consumption of other products just for aesthetic value. So like there was the kitchen episode and there was a lady who prepped meals and she had what we would call our Tupperware cupboard or drawer with all the mismatched lids and the bottoms and they all fall out when you open and And when I thought, oh gosh, someone's got that job of trying to match them up and then figuring out a way to stack these things neatly in this small space. And then when they brought the family home, it was like, wow. And she opened the cupboards and they had bought her a whole set of new Tupperware or whatever kind of plastic meal prep containers. Mm. And because they all sat neatly inside of each other, they each had a matching lid and they filled the space perfectly and didn't fall out. And I thought that's lovely but massively wasteful because Mm. it's not that she didn't have the stuff there it just wasn't well organized so instead of solving the problem which is like a real teachable moment how do you reorganize the Tupperware that you have to make it functional how do you find things do you store them with the lid do you store the lids together in size order you know 
teach us something mm. instead of that that obviously all just got dumped and they just went out and bought a new whole lot of food prep stuff that fitted in the cupboard and i'm like oh i feel like there's a missing moment there um yeah and then what does it say to people about using what you have it's like if it doesn't fit your cupboard chuck it out go buy a whole lot of new stuff that does it's like that's not the answer yeah, yeah. I mean, it is an answer. Yeah, but... it's not my answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, yeah, and it's not mine either. And I guess, and this is where the differing opinions will come as people have different values to to, to these, you know, they I mean, they're, they're in business and they're making money and that's all awesome for them. Uh, but if we, if we are going to watch what they're doing and try and learn from it, then we sort of also need to just be aware that, um, that they are, that the show is there to make the money and that's cool totally cool but we just it's just good to remember that for our own projects um so that we can sort of be a little bit more realistic in our own expectations and the way we we do our own things as well so there was a couple of episodes where they were swapping out some furniture and they were getting there were there was a foster brother and the biological brother they were putting the two of them in the same room and they wanted them to have matching dresses and that kind of thing. And it's like, I understand that, but also there is a perfectly good dresser. If you wanted it to be white and bright, could you not paint it? You know, like, and I guess my thought would just be question how you could use the stuff you've got first before defaulting to replacing. And Mm. then, you know, in a episode a bit later on where they, um, were helping out at a, a youth center, there was a whole lot of tables and instead of replacing them and the tables were perfectly fine, they covered them, um, put a layer of rainbow contact on the top, which was great. And I thought, well, that's, that's awesome. But again, it was done with the aesthetic in mind. And I thought well, you could just pause and like, it would take three seconds for a quick little snap to camera to say, you don't always have to upgrade. Mm. You can just redesign or work with what you've got and then and and still transform the space and so I feel like there was there are these little moments in there but they were not always highlighted yeah but I think what it comes down to is that this show is more about style and aesthetic Mm -hmm. and that's just an example of that you know they're just not as interested in the other aspects of managing a space and changing a space and getting it to be working better for you they just they're they're and they don't pretend to be that's another thing like they you know to their credit they don't pretend to change people's relationships with their stuff necessarily they they just want it to and they unashamedly want it to look good pretty much and uh, so I guess that you know maybe they can't be everything yeah well and (laughs) and that really it it does come out that most of the time they are putting form over function they talk about Mm. functionality and the form of it but nine times out of 10, they are going for the look first and the functionality second. And I guess where that would contrast with um, most professional organizers is that functionality is always the king. It's got to work for you because that's how you maintain it going forward. Um, And then if you can also make it look good, that's a, that's a, the cherry on top that's a bonus but at the end of the day you want to design systems that are easy for people to maintain so that you're not back there in three months or three years doing it all Mm. over again and that was evident in that Rachel Zoe episode when they went back and to to their credit one of them I think it was Claire did say 
what we did before isn't working for her, so we need to change that. So I, I liked that. I liked that highlighting of, you know, it's not working, so we need to do something different. Uh, but they still didn't talk to her about how to manage what comes in because they organized it all beautifully and then she just brought more and more and more and more in and it filled up and then it wasn't working. And so, you know, like you said, the if it's if you're going to be teaching somebody, if you're going to be setting up systems for somebody to maintain themselves and not have to get you back in every six months, then you do need to talk to them about how to manage the balance of what's coming in with what's coming out and how to process that stuff. And they hadn't done that and they don't cover that really in, well, they haven't covered it in the episodes I've watched. No, they talk about getting organised and even things about, you know, when they do the pantries, decanting things out of boxes into canisters and, you know, that kind of thing. But there's not a lot of talk about how you stay organized. So, you know, every season go through and check everything in your pantry to see if it's still in its best before date or, and you know what, they might say this, they might do it, but it obviously just doesn't make the camera. And when you have to condense Mm -hmm. everything they do down into this little bite-sized episode, then I, I guess you can't put it all in there, but it's, it kind of leaves me wanting because I just want people that Mm. take the good out of the show, get inspired and think I'm going to do this. I want them to be able to do it and stay that way and not feel dejected in six months when it's all a big mess. Yeah. Also, one of the things that I think it could be a demotivator for some people because they look at it and they think I could never achieve anything that beautiful with what I have. You know, I have a 1970s house and I have my grandma's mahogany furniture. I'm not going to have a light, bright, white wardrobe with tropical leaf wallpaper in it and mm-hmm. velvet cushions you know that's that's so far out of it. I'm not even going to bother trying so you know that's sort of another thing as well yeah and one criticism well not one clearly I've had many but um <laughs> about the episode with all the fashion items was how they were and I'm terrible at saying this word anthro oh you say it for me Beck. anthropomorphizing yeah, I can't get my lips around that one how they humanize, there you go, that's a Tara size word, uh, jackets and shoes and bags. So they talk about them as, oh, she's beautiful and, oh, that Chanel jacket, she's, she's special, she's from. And I thought if you, no wonder you can't let anything go because if you talk about, and because Clea and Joanna talk about it like that as well, talk about the shoes and the bags as having a spirit or having a, identity I thought well that will never help people let go because as soon as you start attributing um, those mm. kind of characterizations to your belongings it it just makes them harder to part with yeah although they, they could have t- taken the tack of saying to Rachel well she's beautiful and she deserves to be loved and used so you know wouldn't she be much happier in another home mm. <laughs> instead of being at the back of this basket for the last three years? Uh, so they could have actually used the anthropomorphization to their advantage, um, but uh, or to her advantage, but they they didn't do that either. But yeah, I I sort of I quite I quite like anthropomorphization. I I find it um, quite cute. But you're right in that when you do personalize the items like that. And this is where another another organizer actually said to me. That she thought that these, that the, that the organisers were a bit unprofessional at times, and 
you know, there were, there were moments where I th- I can see her point in the the talking about their stuff. I, I didn't like the way they talked about other people's things sometimes. I felt that it wasn't detached enough and it bordered on not – well, they weren't judgmental, but it was – they're like, I don't know, idolising it or something like that. And I think – you know, there were times where it was a bit lacking in professionalism. I, I'm, I've had, I've had famous clients. I've got clients on my list that are, I mean, maybe not known to Americans, but you know, there's a few names that I could say that every Australian over the age of twenty would recognise. But and, and so I know what it's like to go into a celebrity's house, and I just, I felt like the fawning and the squealing was a bit unprofessional. I think that the the gushing mm-hmm. I found a little bit, you know, like cringy. I don't know if you found the same. Um, I guess I just can't relate. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I I found it quite contrived, even the rocking up oh, at yeah. the, the front door and all the hugs and the kisses and the, you know, I don't know. It it seemed like friends were dropping into friend's house to help him out more than yeah. like a professional. Um, yeah, which is what people like. I mean, they do love approachability and they do, they're letting someone in their home. So they want someone in that they feel comfortable with. Yes. And, but uh, there is a way to, you know, and, and I certainly like, once I get to know a client, you know, I can certainly do unprofessional things like, you know, try their wigs on and, um, you know, <laughs> you work, joke joke with them about stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. wear a you know, doing a toys room. If I find a hat, I'll invariably put it on and, and walk around in it for the next half an hour. But you know, there's there is a certain. It's just it wasn't like silliness and being fun and being approachable is all good. That's all good. It's it's for me. It was the it was the stuff it was the way they talked about their stuff that i found to be a little bit unprofessional um i find it hard to describe yeah i don't know well anyway. yeah so i don't think oh uh, no wait, i was gonna say i don't think i've got anything more to say i do have one last thing to say it's <laughs> when we were talking about the form over function one of the things which doesn't come up in the show but when they have their little titles snap up like categorize and they're on to mm. the next phase there's this image on the left-hand side, now everyone will look for it, where it's obviously a toy room or something and they've got toys stacked in boxes or containers or bins or something and it's one's labelled blue cars and one's labelled red cars. And I thought, are you kidding me? Like, sure, <laughs> that would look beautiful, but does anyone know a child who would, who, firstly, who plays like that, who says, I only want to drive the green cars today? And then who would put them back? I mean, it's nice to, I love the whole labeling thing. And I think that provides heaps of clarity. But when it comes to color coordinating cars, you have to ask yourself, who are you doing this for? Because I'm pretty sure it will be helpful to the child and helpful to the parent if all the toy cars are together for getting stuff out and putting it away. But in terms of color coordinating, which cars go in which bin is that being Mm. done for the parent for the way it looks or is that being done to help the child and and that was just Mm. another example of where 
the form was definitely beating out the functionality of it. So, um, yeah, and it's not that sustainable, you know. Yeah. And that the other example is books, color coded books, and a lot of people. And obviously, this works for some people, but the assumption that it works for everyone is incorrect because you. you I don't remember what color the spines of books are. I tend to remember books more by their title and I certainly do not remember the authors I have no idea who has written any of the books I read just about but I go by title and so if I were to color code my books on a very large bookcase by color I would spend hours looking for the books I wanted because I'd be like what color was it again was it white with orange or was it orange with white and you know I'd have no idea whereas if it was alphabetical by title then you know I, I would be able to find it. it wouldn't look nearly as beautiful but I wouldn't spend hours and so like you said there's there's form over function and sometimes you can make something beautiful and have it work absolutely brilliantly and other times it just doesn't work and it's just difficult to maintain it's like sorting lego by color you know if your child wants to do that and really likes it all sorted by color and is willing to do the work to maintain it then go for it but if it's going to be down to you to spend hours every month reorganizing it into into color so that it you know keeps you happy then maybe rethink what how you want to spend your time yeah and sometimes it works in one direction but not both like having your lego color coded would be brilliant for building when you want to build something and you can find the exact color you want and then just rummage around for the piece brilliant but how much will it suck trying to put it away and likewise Mm. with the kids with books if you're telling kids to tidy up books and put them back in the bookshelf they've already got them out that's a really easy way for them to put them back. They look at the spine that they've got and they go, oh, it's green. I'll put it with mm. the green books. Great for tidy up, maybe not great for finding them. So sometimes it works in one direction, but not necessarily both. And I guess you've got to yeah. figure out if it's too much work for you or whether the- Yeah, and which one's the, where's the most important place to save time? Yeah. You know, and if you're, so if you're doing lots of, like if, if you, if kids choose their books randomly- then color coding would be good because they can just put them away by color, which is nice and easy for them and uh, and and fun, like doing a puzzle or something. And then the retrieval, if they just go, oh, whatever book, I don't care, I'll just read whatever one, and then they pull one out, then that would work really well. But if they are very specific about what book they want to read, then they're going to spend more time looking yeah, than w- they are putting away. I want the yeah. Gruffalo. I mean, I must have read that book mm. to my children 7,000 times I cannot tell you what color the spine is so I would spend four hours going through the bookshelf trying to find the Gruffalo because my my kids would say tonight you know when when it was picture books we're like tonight I want to read Hamilton's Hats and you'd be like okay cool I know who the author is that's with all those ones um oh you go by author see I just yeah I'm so envious of people who can remember authors and directors and things like that (laughs) there I don't have no idea um and it's funny because i I didn't actually ever ask my kids like how they would organize, but maybe that's a thing too. If your kids, cause I guess I would get the books out then for reading time or, or mm. rhyme would, but yeah, maybe your kids are more in tune with the title in which case alphabetical and what a great way to teach your kids ABCs or if yeah, kids, sure. your kids are really visual, maybe they remember the colors. So maybe that's, and I guess we've talked mm. about this before, figure out who your audience is and what serves them. But rather mm. than trying to measure up to what the world is telling you a beautiful bookcase looks like, figure out what works for you. Mm. 
that's that's turned into more of a how-to than yeah. a review of a uh, any final <laughs> thoughts back uh, yeah, look, it's good fun and if you're really interested in styling and you love love styling and it's one of your things and you like interior design, interior decorating and you're inspired by beautiful things, then the show will, you know, entertain you. Uh, and if you like reality and you like banter and you can tolerate fake um, fake banter <laughs> or that Aww, whole... Oh, you cynic. <laughs> I thought the banter was real. I just... I, uh, I, it sort of reminded me when I first started watching it, the whole, the, like you were saying, it's got that formula to mm-hmm. it and that whole formula irritates me just in general because I see it in other shows as well. Like I think I was talking to another professional organiser and I said something like American Pickers or Porn Stars, you know, they've got this particular way of talking to camera as a particular edit to it all um particular format and the way things go and and then there's also the the whole fake banter and the first episode of this when they were getting then they got their staff down like they brought their staff downstairs or something and I just went oh that's just so fake and staged so that irritated me but if you don't mind that then yeah it's not going to bother you at all and you'll be able to enjoy the fun parts of the of the show yeah to be honest, I found it pretty calming because, you know, when I'm watching, I quite like a thriller. And the one I'm watching at the moment <laughs> is like, I, I can't even, I can't, it's not relaxing. I sit on the edge, like I, my butt is half hanging off the couch and my shoulders are around clenched. my ears and yeah. I'm like <laughs> gripping my cup of tea for dear life. And it's like, this is, this is how I choose to relax at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I can't not watch it, but I, it's terrible where this there's there's no stress there's pretty things to look at it's like a sedative it's like ah, i know that there'll be this little bump in the middle of the road where everyone'll be like oh no we don't have enough product or oh no we'll never fit Mm. all the canisters of cereal in and you go i think it'll be all right i don't have to move (laughs) to the edge of the couch my shoulders can stay down because i'm pretty sure they'll figure it out in the end and um Yeah. yeah. So I guess. And that's it. So I think, yeah, entertainment with a little bit of education in there, as long as you don't have these expectations that your life is going to be or that your project is going to work the same way their projects do, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Now, if you want to share your opinions with us and we would love, love, love to hear them, please come and join us in our Facebook community and we'll set up a little space in there so that we can all jump on the thread and talk about what we loved, what we loathed what was lacking, whatever, you can tell us that we're completely wrong in our opinions, which is totally (laughs) fine too. Um, So come find us there in our Facebook community and we'll catch you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.au.